0: Good Erev Shabbos, Parshas Toldos. Uh, start with uh, unbelievable var I saw from Rav Schwab. Rav Schwab brings the Rashi, it says that when Yitzchak became old, uh, he went blind. And there's different opinions of why he went blind. And one of the well-known opinions is that as Yitzchak was about to be shechted, it says the Malachim came, a Malach came, and cried, and the tears of the malach went into the eyes of Yitzchak, and later it, uh, it it made him go blind. And Rishab brings; he says he brings he brings psukim uh, in Yeshaya that the medrash brings, and he says that basically these malachim, this malach uh, was was a malach of shalom, a malach of peace, a malach of rachamim, a mercy, and he says. We know that a Malach only has one Tavkid. So, this Malach, his entire, his entire essence was, was merciful. And so, Roshwab says, he says, there's got to be something really, really deep going on over here. And he says as follows um, He says that once Yitzchak received such a shefa, such bounty of Rachamim, once he himself experienced the the mercy that a malach had for him, it made an impact on him, and the impact it made on him was that he now was was a more merciful person. I think uh, you know, in psychology, certainly the, this is the case that things that happen to you, things that happen to you in your life, you're likely to be to be affected by them. You're likely to to. Change opinions based on how you're treated. Uh, you know, someone told me once that that there was there was a um, somebody who was like not so supportive of shomrim in, in, in one of the communities, and then he himself had a break in, and shomrim came and helped. And, and once he saw up close, look, look how they how they act, look how they help you out. He became a huge supporter, and that's that's very common. It's very common that based on our experiences. Things change. And he says, so that explains why Yitzchak, later on, it says he became blind. But what does it mean he became blind? What it means he became blind is not just that he physically cannot see, is that he became blinded to the ability to see the real the real Esav. Esav is such a rasha, he's such a terrible person. But Yitzchak, having been the recipient of... Of such rachamim, of such mercy, of such kindness, he could only see in others, he just needs a little more kindness. He was he only saw the good in him. It was the the fact that he had gone through this is what made him blinded. And again, there's a negative aspect to, to being blind to what Asa was doing. But of course, uh, you know, the idea over here is that it comes from such a positive place, is that because of all that he went through and because of the kindness he received. Uh, that is what that is what he saw, and of course, this is an unbelievable lesson for all of us, especially uh, as parents. Is that sort of the reality that we give to our children uh, while they're young? That reality is how they're going to see the world as they as they grow up. If they see it as a safe happy place, if they see that they're treated with respect and dignity, then that's what they're going to assume the world is, that's how they're going to assume others are going to treat them always, and that's how they're going to treat others uh, for their whole life. So I think this is a very, very powerful idea that the, the Rachamim that Yitzhak received at uh, the Akeda was the same Rachamim that he was giving over to, uh, to Esau and saw him in such a, in such a light. Okay. I heard a story from Y.Y. Jacobson. He's told. He's t- he was telling about a certain uh, a, a certain tzaddik Remendel. Mendel. Uh, this Remendel was in the gulag. I think he was a uh, he was a chabad chassid, and, and he 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 spent years in the gulag. Almost no one even survived. And he, he used to tell all these stories. And he said that one time all of the uh, all of these people were were sitting around, and they were all they were all sort of uh, bemoaning what they lost. Uh, you know, he was saying that, that Stalin, you know, the smarter somebody was, the more successful somebody was, uh, if they didn't immediately sign on to Stalin's program to, to be a supporter, those were the first people to be locked away. And so you had, you had tons of people there who were extremely successful people. And he says they're, they're, these, are, these are hardened people, they're in the gulag. But you know, one time they're all sitting around and they started crying, these people. One person said, you know, I used to be uh, I used to be an actor, and everybody was was wanted to hang out with me. They wanted my autograph, <laughs> look where I am now. And somebody else said, I, you know, I was an author. People would people would, would seek out my opinion on things, and, and and I was considered such a high member of society, and, and look where I am now. And and these 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 people started crying. And they look over at Remendel, and Remendal said uh, they said they said Remendal you're not you're not crying like you, you don't seem affected and he said look I I uh, you know obviously I, I miss my previous life but he says but in terms of my identity in terms of my essence uh, he said this Remendal used to work in a chocolate factory and so he says look I no longer work in a chocolate factory and that was a pleasant experience and I'm, I'm not with my wife and children and of course I miss them terribly but he says, my identity has not changed at all. He says, I, I, I've always been uh, a, a servant of Hashem, an ambassador of Hashem. And he says, I used to do that in a chocolate factory, and now I'm doing that in the gulag. So, so you know, I, I, my, my job remains the same. And, and you know, they, 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 were, they were just blown away. Um, and, of course, that's, uh, you know, a wonderful lesson for us. Okay, so the Shiloh... The shaila itself that Brazil Bernstein brings has a little bit of uh, just a, an inspiring, uh, inspiring situation to, that that turns into a shaila. So he says as follows: He says there was a there was a gadol, the Mikdash David, and apparently the Mikdash David was uh was a unbelievable masmid, and he was renting a home, um, or or an apartment or whatever it was, and. He would pace around the apartment all day. He would just walk back and forth, back and forth. And the the landlord, who wasn't Jewish, uh, he he noticed this, he got wind of this. And he said, uh, he, he said, I, I want to charge extra. You're like, why do you want to charge extra? He said, most people don't use the apartment as much as this guy's using it. He's, he's, he's really wearing out the floors. And... You know, I, I I never agreed to such a thing, and so the question is, uh, what's the halacha over here? So, there's a Gemara in Bava Kama, Da'af Aleph. The Gemara says, "Hadar daito. If you go and you mm-hmm. hang out in the khatzer of your friend, uh, and and huadin adira, so your potter. So the Gemara has a whole discussion. The Gemara says because it keeps the shadim away. So apparently there's this, this idea that if, if, um, if the house would, re- would remain empty, then uh, th- there could be some damage. And by you being there, uh, it, it, it helps keep those demons away. And the Rashba over there asks the question. He says that we, ge- we have a general rule. Without any saving you from Shadim, there seems to be a rule of Zenene veze lo or patr. The rule is that if one person gets gets benefit, but the other person doesn't lose anything, then you're, you're, you're potter. You don't have to pay for benefit, okay? You have to pay. Now again, somebody's allowed to charge you if he says you're not allowed to. It's a different story. But we're talking about after the fact, right? Zenene is potter. So over here, why do we have to even bring up the fact that there's shadim? And the Rashba answers. He says, no, that the answer is because there's a little bit of hefzid. anytime a person is going there uh, going to an apartment there is a little bit of, of wear and tear um, there is you know this is this is even um, enshrined in in American law that you could you could uh, remove some of your some of your profit for real estate because of the the wear and tear so he says there's a little bit of a hefzid, right? And that's why, uh, really, it would be zenene chaser, Therefore, you should be But because of the fact that you're helping get rid of shadim by, by not being uh, unoccupied, so therefore you're putter. But he, he does say that if people were already there, um, so therefore there's no shadim anyway. And now you go there, so then maybe you could charge. So this is this is the the discussion over here. Okay. So it, it seems to come out, he goes through a little bit more of a, a lengthy discussion, and it seems that when it comes to chisaron, that it seems that, that the the way we we identify whether or not something's considered ruining the house is whether or not it's nicker lay If it's something that people could tell, ooh, look at that wear and tear. If it's just, uh, well, you know, these five years that you were renting it will contribute to after ten more years, then you're going to have to actually replace the uh, the floors. That might not be if it's only if something is very niker leinayim. Okay, so in terms of have you done damage? You haven't. But it sounds like from here, if in advance you want to say, okay, I I want to stop you from here on in. Um, I do have the right to charge extra. I could charge extra because of the fact that there is some. There is some damage, like the Rashba is saying. It's just not enough for me to say after the fact, oh, you've damaged me, but it is enough to say I have the right to charge you uh, if I'd like. He brings uh, a Nasivis. The Nasivis says, uh, and this this would be an interesting discussion for a hotel room, not for now, but the Nasivis is discussing that, let's say you signed up for uh, you know five people to occupy this place and other guests come, um, what's the halacha? So the Nesiva says that even if it's usher to add guests, right, Um, because you've agreed on less, but he says you can't really be tovea money for it. So there's such a concept that something could be usher, but you also can't charge for it. Um, and, and, And that's what he says is the case by any guests. Why? And he says, I'll tell you why. The Gemara has a whole discussion back and forth when we're talking about zanene v'zelechaser, and the Gemara talks about a case of lo kaimala Igra something is not available to rent anyway, so that's the case of zanene v'zelelochaser that this person benefited, but this person didn't lose anything. And so the Nesiva says, if there's already people who are living there, so then certainly this would qualify as low kaima la igra. You, you couldn't rent this out to somebody else. It's ready, people. You just only wanted five, and now seven came. So again, even though maybe you're allowed to stop them, but after the fact, do not be able to charge, okay? So <clears throat> here as well, maybe we could say that there's no, uh, no actual damage. There is no actual damage, but after the fact, if you want to charge now and say if you'd like to continue... Maybe you could charge. So uh, he goes back and forth a little bit. So um, it could be, it would be, be Chaev from here on in. However, he brings at the end that he asked his brother-in-law, he spoke it out with Rav Chaim, uh, and Rav Chaim said, based on the Gemara of Bava Metziah, the Gemara of Bava Metziah says very clearly, if you rent a donkey, Anybody could ride it. The Gemara says, men, women, fat, skinny, big, small, anybody is allowed to uh, to ride it. You don't have the right unless you you spe- you specified. You don't have the right to say uh, again. If if it would be a case where this this person was so large that he would obviously damage the donkey, that might be a different case, but. The, the, the assumption is that everybody, you know, all, all different sizes are included. And Chaim said, here too, with this story of the Mikdash David, uh, you know, a, a, there's, there's no limit put. You can't assume, oh, I only, I only said, you know, 4,000 steps a day and no more. And he says, any type of renter, as long as they're not actively doing damage, would be allowed. And therefore, Chaim uh, felt that you'd not be able to... Uh, he would not be able to charge. And the Musser that he brings, or Zilberstein, is, you know, you, can you imagine somebody who's learning so diligently, so much, that even a halachic comes up, is, his pacing is, uh, is, is just not even in the realm of, of human and normal. Uh, so, we shall all bezoche, to steig uh, away, and have a great Shabbos.